If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday. It is the Rush Hour. I am Bo Snurdly. I'm James Golden. With you here on WABC, if you'd like to be part of today's program, all you have to do is dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Now, today was supposed to be indictment day. Indictment day is not happening today. It's not going to happen today. It may be, who knows, tomorrow. It may be next week. It may be never. Something curious in all of the coverage about it, and I, I saw something pop up last night someone, that someone had accused Alvin Bragg of hiding evidence from the grand jury. I kept saying, well, wow, this should be a headline if this is true. And I kept searching for it. I found allusions to it, but I didn't find it, that little nugget of information. Until I looked deep inside today, a Fox News story on the sudden turn of events that could derail the Trump indictment. If you print it out on a printer, as I do most news stories that I want to bring to your attention, on page three of seven pages that this story runs, is this paragraph. In a sudden turn of events, Cohen's former attorney, Robert Costello, no longer bound by the attorney-client privilege that was waived by his ex-client, testified before the grand jury on Monday. According to Costello, in April of 2018, Cohen repeatedly stated that the Daniels payment was intended to protect the candidate's wife. That would be Donald Trump's wife. Not the presidential campaign. Moreover, Cohen insisted that he acted all on his own and not at the behest of Donald Trump. Moreover, uh uh-huh, 
While testifying for over two hours, Costello said he realized that Alvin Bragg had been hiding from the grand jury nearly all of the files he had previously turned over to the DA that corroborated the original story that Cohen had stated. That, my friends, if this is true, don't be surprised if you hear calls for Alvin Bragg to be brought up on prosecutorial misconduct charges. If indeed this is true and Alvin Bragg has been hiding exculpatory evidence that would in fact impact the decision to indict Donald Trump or not, do not be surprised if all of a sudden the tables are turned and Alvin Bragg becomes a target of the justice system. Now, I don't know whether this is true or not. I'm just reading to you what is in the story, but this is damning. Concealing exculpatory evidence from a grand jury is reprehensible conduct. But the overreaching question is this, was Cohen lying at the outset of the investigation or is he lying now? That's all part of it. So if you want to weigh in, also the war between Donald Trump, the verbal war between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis is heating up. Ron DeSantis has come out swinging about his lack of appreciation of Donald Trump's leadership style. And that's prompted even more words from the Trump campaign. So this thing is quickly spiraling downhill. Now, let us turn the tables. We will come back to the politics of Donald Trump and the indictment. Two stories about Moderna today. The first is this. This is a Fox News story. Biden's DOJ is quietly, quietly trying to orchestrate a taxpayer-funded bailout of Moderna. And I read this headline in disbelief. What do you mean, bailout of Moderna? These guys were all bragging about the billions that they pocketed. Their executives made billions. The company made billions during this COVID, so what are they talking about? Well, the Biden administration has quietly inserted itself into a private patent infringement lawsuit. Two biotech companies have filed against Moderna. And the DOJ is pretty much arguing that the federal government If Moderna is guilty of patent infringement, of stealing somebody's patents during this whole COVID vaccine thing, that never mind the government, you, you should pay for it. Not the executives at Moderna, not Moderna. This is what the Department of Justice is arguing. 
Now, today, Rand Paul lit it up. A Moderna executive was testifying before him. Jagger, we may have to stop this in several places. But I want you to listen in to this testimony. It is quite informative. Rand Paul does not mince words. And I think you'll get a, uh, 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 without me even interjecting my own opinion here, I think you'll get a good idea of how this flow went. Let's start. Mr. Benzel, uh, Moderna recently paid NIH $400 million. Do you believe it creates a conflict of interest for the government employees who are making money now off of the vaccine to also be dictating the policy about how many times we have to take the vaccine? Good morning, Senator. Uh, Indeed, we recently made, before Christmas last year, a $400 million payment to the NIH for uh, an old patent that they had developed, not related to COVID, but useful in the development of a COVID vaccine uh, to, to prevent for their work. Uh, it's for the U.S. government to assess how that money should be Do you think be used. it creates a conflict of interest for the same people deciding the policy of how often we have to take the vaccine to also be making money the more times we take the vaccine? Yes the, or no? This is for the government to decide. Senator. You have no opinion on whether or not it creates a conflict of interest. Is there a higher interest or a higher incidence of myocarditis among adolescent males 16 to 24 after taking your vaccine? Listen carefully. Listen to this. So thank you for the question, Senator. First, let me say we care deeply about safety and we're working closely to, with the CDC and the FDA. To Pretty get- much a yes or no. Is there a higher incidence of myocarditis among boys 16 to 24 after they take your vaccine? Listen to this. The data I've shown actually, I've seen, sorry, from the CDC actually shown that there's less myocarditis for people who get the vaccine versus who get COVID infection. Okay, you're, you're saying that for ages 16 to 24 among males who take the COVID vaccine, their risk of myocarditis is less than people who get the disease. That is my understanding. That Senator. is not true. And I'd like to enter into the record six peer-reviewed papers from the Journal of Vaccine, the Annals of Medicine that say the complete opposite of what you say. I also spoke with your president just last week, and he readily acknowledged in private that, yes, there is an increased risk of myocarditis. The fact that you can't say it in public is quite disturbing. Stop right there. Let's stop right there. We're going to pick it up some- from right there, but, but let's stop right there. Okay, number one. Hello, Mr. Moderna. Do you do you find any problem with the idea that you just deposited millions of millions and millions of dollars in the NIH? This is for the uh, government to decide. Yeah, and 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 it's the same government that you're paying these millions of dollars to that's telling us we have to take your vaccine, in some cases, mandating it. Do you find a problem with that, Mr. Moderna? I have no opinion on this. Okay, Mr. Moderna, let's talk about this myocarditis business. You're telling me that uh, does it affect uh, 16-year-olds and young people really adversely? Uh, What say you, Uh, huh? It is better for them than to get the COVID, to get the vaccine. Well, wait a minute. I have stories here. I have studies that say that this stuff is not good 
for young, especially young men. How can you sit here and tell, in fact, I talked to the president of your company and he admitted to me, yeah, this stuff sucks for young men. We got a problem here. How can you sit here and tell me that this stuff is good for young men? Uh, you did not play the part of the clip where I respond to that, so I don't know what to say. I didn't say anything. <laughs> he didn't say, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's pick it up. Do you think it's scientifically sound to mandate three vaccines for adolescent boys? This is for the public health leaders to decide. Senator. You've been advocating for it. You've been interviewed and you've been advocating for boosters. Do you know when the myocarditis is most common among these adolescent boys after the second dose? When I spoke with your president, he readily acknowledged in private, yeah, that maybe there ought to be a discussion whether we ought to have one vaccine versus two versus three. If 90% of the myocarditis comes after the second dose, why don't we have a rational discussion about one? Marty McCary, a physician from Johns Hopkins, has said exactly the same thing. It's been discussed, and yet we have this ridiculous notion from the CDC. So the CDC says, and I'll ask you this question. Let's start it as a question. Your 16-year-old's had COVID. Your 16-year-old gets better and now has recovered from COVID. You vaccinate them and they get myocarditis. Are you going to give them two more vaccines? Your child, give them two more vaccines? I'm not a clinician. I will have to discuss. You have children. I do. Have you vaccinated your children? I have. How many times? Oh. <sighs> Three or four times. Three or four know. times. <laughs> so the CDC recommends this, and, you know, you're obviously someone who's self-interested in the outcome here. But the CDC says that if your 15-, 16-year-old gets COVID, recovers, takes a vaccine and gets myocarditis, is hospitalized with elevated heart enzymes, and is very sick, the CDC says as soon as he gets better, vaccinate him again. You know how many American parents think that that's a rational, reasonable thing to do? Do you know how many countries don't do this for children? Uh, Sweden doesn't offer the vaccine for kids under 12 unless they're at risk for severe disease. And I agree with that. I'm not saying never on any of this. I think it's a very reasonable position to say kids at risk or have some diseases that there may be a reason for vaccinating some children. Finland doesn't recommend it for under 12 months. Norway also. England as well. France, Poland, Germany, Switzerland, and all vaccinate 12 and up. So we got half the world who have looked at these studies. There's a study in Israel of thousands of patients, and yet you sit here and act as if you've never heard of myocarditis, and you don't think it's an increased risk for young adolescent males, when all of the studies who isolate out people by age have found that, yes, there's an increased risk after taking your vaccine. Pfizer, too, but worse with Moderna. There's an increased risk, Senator. I was comparing it to somebody who gets COVID. Well, that's also not true either. But there's an increased risk of getting it. But even when they compare it to the disease, there are many papers out there who do, that do show that there's more of a risk of myocarditis after vaccination. So you have to weigh the risk and balances. And you are right. You're going to make less money because you're going to try. And they're already trying. The CDC's got it on their schedule. They're going to try to force all the kids in America to do this through school. But guess what? Parents aren't going to do it. They've seen that COVID is not deadly in children. And you're right. It's become less deadly over time. Your market's going down. So you aren't going to make as much money. I'm all for you making money in an honest way. But I don't like the idea that the people making the decisions in government are also receiving money and are now conflicted in their interest. 
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. That was brilliant from Senator Rand Paul. We have to take a break. Your calls are coming up today, 800-848-WABC. Do you understand what just happened here? Every single minute, every single word this guy said was, how shall we put it nicely? Misleading? James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, WABC. It's Rush Hour. Coming back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Today we celebrate George Benson's birthday here on WABC, Bose Nerdly's Rush Hour. George Benson, you know, I did an interview with George Benson in, uh, a few months ago, and we're going to find that link one of these days. An amazing guitar player. I saw a uh, post on Twitter with him playing when he was 21 years old with Brother Jack McDuff. The incredible George Benson on W. ABC. Uh, Mr. Moderna, I, I want to be clear on this. Mr. Moderna, you guys gave the government, NIH, 400 million bucks, right? Yes. A little pittance for you guys because you're making billions, it's right? Okay, blue. Uh huh. And so you don't find a problem with giving $400 million to the same people that are in charge of telling people that they should take your medicine we give the money to the government the government uh, does with it like they will wait i'm not asking you that they we... make the decision they can spend it however i'm not asking you that i'm asking you if there's a problem mr moderna with you giving money to the same people who are making policy yes i hang my head in shame uh-huh now let's get back to this Mario Cardosis. You guys are telling everybody that this stuff is safe, and yet you guys are also admitting behind closed doors that, well, for some people, especially men, young men, maybe not, and you find that that's okay? I'm just... I, I clearly do not have the same talking points as the president of the company, uh, we will need to compare notes and uh, provide the better, uh, what is the word, narrative for you. You people, you, you find nothing wrong with telling kids to take this thing, even though study after study says 
the kids don't need it? I am a bad person. You're more than that, Mr. Moderna. <laughs> oh, boy. Ah. Senator Rand Paul, he does an amazing job, ladies and gentlemen, of actually trying to get to the truth of what's going on here. Now, I saw something else that if I can verify this and verify that who they are, and this happened, this was at a Sarasota, Florida hospital meeting that was, um, you know, they, that video was made of, and you had a woman who was apparently a doctor or another medical professional calling them out on remdesivir, saying that 83% of the people who were taking this, and, and I want to make sure I have it right, she said there's an 83% mortality rate. That's all I'm saying. That this government-prescribed remdesivir is, I'm, she's saying it. There's a big problem here. A lot of people are not getting out of the hospital that were that were told that this is the drug that they, folks, there's going to be a day of reckoning. A lot of things you were told apparently are not only not true, but have cost people their lives. And now you have the Department of Justice trying to quietly fix it, fix Fix it so that you have to pay for Moderna's liability if, indeed, Moderna is found guilty of patent infringement. They, want, they don't want Moderna, the people that walked away with billions of dollars, they don't want them to pay their own liability. They want you to pay for Moderna's liability. Can you start to see that something is very wrong here in all of this? By the way, Joe Biden signed the measure that is going to declassify government documents on the origins of COVID. How much you want to, are you willing to bet? Are you willing to, I wonder how many of you believe that you're actually going to get the full story from the Joe Biden administration on anything on anything. (sighs) Okay. Busy news day once again. The grand jury has been uh, told to take the day off. You've got a charge being leveled by Michael Cohen's former attorney that Adam Bragg has been concealing, concealing lots of documents that would be exculpatory toward Donald Trump's case from that grand jury. There are other news reports that say there's some disarray even in Bragg's office. And there are a number of people, of course, from the pundit class, even Democrats who are quietly warning Alvin Bragg, do not do this, it will be a mistake. Still waiting to hear from you, ladies and gentlemen, in this vast and ever-growing audience of what you think of the DeSantis v. Trump, the Trump v. DeSantis battle of words that's going on right now. Scott, you had an interesting take on this de-sanctimonious thing. You said that it's not uh, effective. You, you, well, you... I don't 
think a lot of people know the, what the word sanctimonious really means. I mean, I know what it means. I had to look it up yesterday. Maybe I'm just stupid. I don't I mean. Well, what did Trump, it mean? Well, he, well, I had all this yesterday and we didn't talk about it. Uh, so sanct- he forgot <laughs> what sanctimonious means. Uh, I don't know what it means. Behaving with sanctimony. No, hip- hypocritically pious or devout is, yeah. is, yeah. the, is the definition. But I was reading, and I had all prepared yesterday, um, Trump's speeches. I was just going to give an example of a Trump speech and the length of words that he typically uses in a speech. And sanctimonious is about three syllables longer than anything else. <laughs> are you not, saying not that to Trump, insult people, Are you but saying that Trump talks down to everybody? No. He I, only uses one-syllable words? I think Trump just naturally uses one-syllable words. I'm not saying... I don't know what I'm saying with that, but I, he does not speak using large words, and I don't think that he's talking down to anybody. I think that's just the way he is. And I, I, I think a lot of his base is the, the, sanctimo- the Ron DeSanctimonious is totally lost on them. Well, I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't like it. I don't like any of this. I don't like, I don't like Trump going after DeSantis. I don't want to see this battle happen. I think that it is not going to be helpful. The did, fact, not, did not both DeSantis, just not to backpedal, but didn't DeSantis and Trump both come out in favor over him, Desivere, as a treatment at one point? I don't remember that. I thought they were both. Thank you for throwing the host of a, 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 a wrench on ad- his head. I thought they were both staunch advocates of remdesivir at one point. No, Trump was for hydroxychloroquine. I thought Trump himself took remdesivir. He may have. Just a thought. But what has that got to do with Trump DeSantis battle? Just that they both can be wrong, I guess. Is all. That- well, I don't even know whether it's wrong. I'm. I'm. Look, <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm not. All I know is. I have friends in the medical community that say that stuff, oh, please stay away from it. That's all I know. But again, I'm not a doctor. Nobody's ad- I haven't heard anybody advocating it recently, and I've heard all the studies now that are saying that remdesivir is not good. That's the- I've heard, I've read stuff like that too. I am not a doctor. I don't dispense medical advice. All I know is I try to dispense the truth, and all I know is the truth is there's a lot of misinformation, some of it coming from the government on this entire COVID pandemic. And it is and remains to me the biggest scandal in human history, one of them with over 1.1 million people dead. I know that. We're going to take calls when we get back. 800-848-WABC. James Golden, we are celebrating George Benson's birthday. Here on WABC, this is one of my favorite George Benson songs of all time. The song was originally recorded and made by Heatwave. You know, the folks that brought you Boogie Nights and, and um, the Groove Line. It's called Star of the Story. And I love George Benson's treatment of this. WABC. We can fly you and I. Ride a rainbow to the stars. 
This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdly with you here on WABC, hoping that your presence this afternoon is indeed very pleasant, my friends. George Benson brings us back. We're celebrating the music of George Benson this afternoon. This is birthday today. This is Being With You. Composed by my good friend Omar Hakeem. This won a Grammy. Best Instrumental of the Year when this was uh, released. I always love this. You know, we're going to be giving away tickets. We've been giving away tickets every day this week. We're going to give some away today, too, before the show is over. And you are going to love those of you. You're in for a treat if you win this one. A classic night of tunes with the one, the only, the incredible, the legend, Johnny Mathis. You can catch him at the NYCB Theater in Westbury. That show is going to be in July, but we're giving away tickets now. And we'll give away those tickets a little bit later on in the program. Something to put on your calendar. Ed Shea. I wonder if Ed's going to be playing with Johnny. On that night, I know uh, Ed was out with Johnny while he's been touring the country. I might have to go to Westbury. They have some good acts. I want to. I want to see all these people were giving away tickets. Well, I said, yeah, I'd like to see that concert. Johnny Mathis, I would too. I saw Johnny Mathis. Uh, one of my friends, my best friend uh, when I was young, Kevin Smith, he was a writer. Kevin uh, died when he was 30. But he and I used to hang out all the time, and we loved jazz, and we loved, you know, pop. So we used to go to the jazz clubs and all that stuff. And Johnny Mathis was playing somewhere. I think it was either Carnegie or Town Hall or something like that. So like, man, let's go see Johnny Mathis. So we did, and we were the only two little black kids. <laughs> I'm not the only, but we're the only ones at the time that were like under under 50, because we were te- we were in our 20s, young 20s, and everybody was looking like us, like, hey, are you guys, uh, you know, t- t- together? It's like, no. Well, I mean, we're here together, but we're not together. But Johnny Mathis turned it out, out. Johnny Mathis is just one of, and has been, the most incredible vocalist in American music history. What a voice. We're going to be giving away tickets to see Johnny Mathis later on in the program. Let's uh, get to the phone, shall we? Bar- what is his name? Bartolota. 
in, uh, let's see, the Bronx, New York. How are yes, you? Welcome hello. to WABC. Hi there. Yeah, I'd like to say that cancer, there was a scientist maybe from the New York area that went down to Brazil, and uh, he found a plant. This is a true story. That It's a big word, cure. I would never use that word, but he used it in a medical article of JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association. It cured cancer uh, fully. Uh, and then he went back to look at these plants again, and it must have been the pharmaceutical characters. They hired some poor souls to uproot all the plants. They killed every one of them. Everyone dead. They killed. Uh, and that's a true story. Thank you. True story. Of course it's a true story. They're all true stories. I have a bunch of true stories about how Big Pharma has really done it to people just so they could make their profits. And not only Big Pharma, we've got people out here, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know whether you know this or not. We've got people out here flying planes. And these people are leaving their little design work up in the sky. What do you call that stuff again, Scott? Uh, contrails. Thank you. We've got contrails everywhere. These contrails, these people are out here doing the contrails. And don't you know, there are 5G towers. And those 5G towers are killing people. Five. G, well, at least that's what they tell me. 5G towers. And then there are other people that are in charge of the whole world economy. And you know what? There are also people that are burning up all the food supplies. And there are people out here that are taking over the farmlands. And they're taking over all the farmlands so that they can starve people. And then there are other people that are getting ready to make you buy digital currencies. And the digital currencies, you see, are going to make sure that you're bankrupt. And by the time all of these people are left with the contrails, with the 5G towers, with the people with the bad medicine that are doing it so that pharma can make money while killing people, and with the people that are also listening in to every single word you say on your Amazon Echo and your Amazon Alexa and your iTunes. By the time we get through with all of this, there will be no more humanity. And isn't that the purpose anyway? To make sure that humanity is dead so that the rich could be richer, even though they're dead. Finally, you've come around. I know. Thank you, Cures for Cancer. Okay, let's go to uh, Tony in Clifton, New Jersey. Hi, Tony. Hi, James. Hi. You know, I actually am so glad you mentioned Rand Paul today because he is on my list of, there's like four people who who fascinate me today and this week, and he's definitely one of them. And I didn't know if you're aware of it, but he's one of the people who said that um, Alvin Bragg should be put in Thrown jail. in jail. Yep. I've been, yes, I read that. And um, Rand Paul has been vociferous, by the way. I'm just loving the work that he's doing when he's finally getting these big pharma executives on the hot seat. And he's grilling them as to some of the deceptions that they have been uh, playing with. This idea, by the way, folks, this is really duplicitous. And we need to get to the bottom of it. 
four hundred million dollars to. And now you know I'm a big fan of NIH. I don't make as, as for the the quality of healthcare they provide, but we're talking about something else here, and that's these royalty payments, and that's money that's being paid to them that is kept secret, and there is no way, no way that money coming into the government from private industries should be kept secret. It should all. We have sunshine laws, yet somehow these escape the sunshine laws. Let us go to Susan in upstate New York. How are you? Welcome, Susan. How are you this afternoon? Hi, it's me, Susan from Brooklyn, but I moved up here so I could live. Uh, and not get thrown into the subway or any of that stuff, but I will love to come back to Brooklyn when it ever gets uh, livable, you know, for my well, um, wait a minute, situation. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mayor Adams t- t- tells us New York City is safe. What are you talking about? They-, they were all telling us how safe it is and wonderful and beautiful and-, and unicorns and rainbows in Brooklyn. And you mean to tell me you're moving because you don't you don't want to go out and play with the unicorns and rainbows in Brooklyn because it's not safe? What is this? Well, I I would have to commute on the subways to earn a living. But and the subways decided, are safe. <laughs> oh yeah, especially for my demographic. Um, oh yeah. So, and, and I lived there for forty years, from nineteen eighty to twenty twenty, and none of this was happening. And then all of a sudden, three times a week, my demographic was getting pushed or thrown and little children and women pushed down steps to their death. I went everywhere. I had such a great experience, but I'm up here. I'll come back. I want to get better, but I lived outside of Detroit when I was, um, you know, a teenager. And I see, I see this is a Potentially, I pray to God it isn't, but once that downward spiral, and if they do the things of this uh, congestion pricing, everything that they're doing, uh, I, I, I mean, New York City was such a shining place. I lived there during the glory days. And, and now the progressives have taken it to you know where. What did you call, what were the two things that you wanted to bring up, Susan, because time is running. I got to get to a break, but I wanted you to get your point pivoting to the vaccine because you are the only person on this station that had Dr. Naomi Wolf, who has the 55,000 pages through the Freedom of Information Act on the Pfizer trials. And not only are the young men uh, having all these, uh, this uh, serious myocarditis, however you pronounce it, but women are, in fact, Dr. Maria Ryan, right before you, was on saying that maternal death rates are up 30%. It, it fricks up the hormonal system of women, miscarriages, stillbirths. I know me, many healthy young women in their 30s that had children before have now had, oh, mysteriously, two stillbirths. Okay, this is... This is these vaccines were found in the trials through Naomi Wolf. Don't listen to Susan from Brooklyn Upstate. This data is coming out, and it is not political. It is, you've said it, James, that this is This is, is like not about work. politics. This is about trying to find the truth. And, Susan, God bless you, and thank you for bringing this up. That's right. We had Dr. Naomi Wolf on once. We're going to have her on again. 
Lisa, we need to get Dr. It's time to get Dr. Wolf back on again. And and let us, we're going to stay at this. We're not giving it up. Because this is, ladies and gentlemen, what has happened for you for two years. Now we're supposed to just all be so tired of it. Oh, come on, forget it. That was two years ago. No. No. We're not going to forget it here. And we're going to keep digging and get to the truth on all of it. James Golden, Snurliest Rush Hour. Time is fleeting. We are going to take a break. Come back. More of your calls coming up. And also... Tickets. In fact, we'll do the tickets right now. Get ready for a night of classic tunes with the one and only Johnny Mathis. Catch him live at the NYCB Theater at Westbury on Saturday, July 22nd. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a show you will not want to miss. And I have two pair. I have one pair. One pair of tickets. One pair of tickets to give away. That's right. You and a friend or your loved one. Could be singing along to all the favorite Johnny Mathis hits. Be the seventh caller right now, 800-848-WABC. And you'll be heading to see Johnny Mathis on Saturday, July 22nd, the seventh caller right now, 800-848-922. Good luck. We're coming back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, and then the Council of Foreign Relations stepped in, and they told the Trilateralist Commission that the One World Order was going... Oh, we're back. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. George Vincent brings us back. Produced by the one and the only Quincy Jones, who had a birthday on the uh, 16th or 14th of this month. We're going to head back to the telephones. Time's running out. Rick, you called yesterday. We didn't get to you. Thank you for waiting and calling back today, Rick. What's on your mind? My pleasure, James. Yesterday, I offered to trade uh, lectures on climate science debunking for a trip on the Markstein cruise. I'll have to run that by Mark. I'm not in charge of the cruise. I'm just going. So here's what we'll do. Next time Mark is on on a Tuesday, I'll mention that to him. If I remember it, if not, you call in. And you're willing to lecture for a seat yep. on the for a ticket on the boat. I like that. The Mark Stein Cruise, which I will be on, is headed out in July. Mark Stein, S-T-E-Y-N, cruises.com. You can find out more information there. And while I'm promoting stuff, the dailybs.com. Make sure you visit that. That's our twice-a-day. Uh, we do a twice-a-day news blast. But you can find the news of the day, powered by American Wire News, at uh, the Daily BS. As in Bo Snurley, the dailybs.com. Thank you for that. Let's go to Janice in Bergen County. Janice, how are you? Oh, my God. I'm a little upset with you. For Uh-oh. the first time in my life, because I, I think it's brilliant. But listen, what that yes. man was saying about a plant, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want to say how old I am, but when You're I was young. very young, a teenager, and I was working mm-hmm. in Brooklyn in my father's luncheonette, he mm-hmm. had these college students, and one mm-hmm. of them was going to dental school at Columbia University, and mm-hmm. he was in his um, finishing up his third year in mm-hmm. dentistry, and he said, do you know they have a cure for you don't get cavities? And it wasn't the fluoride treatment, which I had gotten four of in my teen years, because mm-hmm. that didn't work. But listen, mm-hmm. and he said, but they can't 
give it to the country. They can't give it to the world. He said, do you know what would happen to society? He said there would be no more dentists. Thousands and thousands of them would not have jobs. He said it would be, and that's the truth. And if you believe uh, now, that. Now, let me, Jacqueline, don't go away, sweetheart, because I love you, and I don't want you to be upset with me. Let me tell you why I reacted the way that I did. When someone says they had a cure for cancer, cancer is not one thing. There are so many different types of cancer. And I do not deny that there were cures for cancer. Goodness, I have had cancer. And I am, um, am quote-unquote, cured from it, quote-unquote. We'll see as time goes on. But there are so many different cancers, and there's not going to be one plant that cures all cancers. Just think about it. It just doesn't work like that. And that's all I was saying. Look, we have heard stories for years, and I don't disbelieve some of them about the people that, for instance, have found uh, that had found extended battery life to the point that, and, and you hear this from time to time, come up, you know, someone's found the fix on batteries. You never have to recharge your batteries ever again, but the car makers bought it up and they're hiding it. Look, I'm not denying that people act in their own self-interest and they will do things to keep products from the marketplace. But I also know that some of the stuff that people say is just, anyway, I love you, Janice. Thank you. I don't want you to be upset with me. Rich in Brooklyn, New York. You're on James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley on WABC. How are you, Rich? Hi, Bose. Thank you. I'm an avid listener. Enjoy your show. I just wanted to give you a quick George Benson story. Uh, I was uh, at a club called McKell's, and uh, Robin. I've been to McKell's up on the, on the upper west on the upper west side to McKell's. Yeah. So um, Robin Ford was playing, and some guys were carrying on behind me. I was sitting in the back. And I got a little upset because I was getting into the show, and then it turned out to be George Benson. So <gasps> he, he got up, and he played, like, after Robin Ford. And I'm a jazz guitarist myself, so I really, like, appreciate the whole thing. And he just totally blew me away in the way he, he played. Totally. He's amazing. He blew Robin Ford away. And, um, <laughs> Well, what an honor to be on the same bill. Look, thank you for the stories, Grace. I love, we love George Benson here. And glad to hear you do, too. We have a winner, by the way, for the Johnny Mathis tickets. And Steve is going to be going to see Johnny Mathis in July. So thank you for the calls. God willing, we'll all be back here tomorrow. Maybe we'll have something else to give away tomorrow, too. Anyway, what a day. I'm going to go out and play in the chemtrails now. Um... <laughs> Underneath a 5G tower. <laughs> With the Bilderbergers. <laughs> and, the, and then later on tonight, I'm going to go to a, na- a meeting of the f- Foreign Council, the Foreign Relations Council. Well, we'll see if you make it back CFR tomorrow. The CFR and the Trilateralist Commission and the Bilderbergers. We'll see if you have a show tomorrow after all that. Yeah. <laughs> May God bless and protect each and Every one of you, my good friends and your families, we are living in dangerous times. And we hope and we do pray that God will continue to see America flourish. But I'm telling you, folks, the Democrats and liberals are trying to turn this country into a third world banana republic as quickly as they can. As I said, we want God, we pray to God to protect you, your families and all of us.
And God willing, we'll be back here tomorrow at 4 o'clock. For Boston Early's Rush Hour, thank you for being here today. See you then. Bye. Thank you.